This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman, the Rockies' Ian Desmond says he's going to sit this one out. He walks the walk, he talks the talk. It's not It's not just verbiage. What he wrote on his Instagram was eloquently put, and he said, it was, I just couldn't stand by anymore. It's just he wants to be home and be a dad and talk to his kids about, there's a lot of questions out there. Um, not only with the coronavirus, but what's going on in the country. Rockies general manager Jeff Breidich joins Drew and says the Rocks are ready to put last year's struggles behind them. And, you know, you learn from it. And, and, and guys, I think, each create an, an individual um, piece of motivation from a down year like that. And I know that that certainly is going on with a number of our guys. And will Major League Baseball be able to complete the 60-game regular season and the postseason? Candidly, I think we need to get through this week with the amount of intake testing that's going on across the industry and across the nation this week, just in baseball. Uh, I think, you know, the, the results of this week will tell us a lot. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. Ready, set, hot. It is podcast number 51, Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. I don't know why I said ready, set, hot. I should say play ball, right? Wouldn't that- I know, I was so confused. I was like, what? We're playing football? What's happening? Yeah, I don't know if we're going to play football, but at least we think we're going to play baseball. So uh, let me start that again. Ready, ready, Julie? Play ball. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. Hey, can I ask you something that right off the bat that I was listening to, uh, no pun intended, um, I was listening to Mike Rice on KOA Radio, and they were talking about putting in crowd noise. They're they're kind of talking about that with their broadcast. Have you guys talked about that? I, we're going to play ball. We're going to talk about the specifics. Have you guys gotten there yet? Whether you, you're going to... Do you know, in an earlier, we had a big Zoom call yesterday. By the way, I'm over those friggin' Zoom calls. <laughs> First of all, technically, I never figure them out properly. And so it, it's actually better because then they don't get to see me. Um, right. And I'm just so tired of them anyhow. Uh, but we we talked about that earlier. And I'm glad you brought that up, Julie, because it didn't come up in yesterday's quote unquote production meeting. And I have to find out what we are doing. What's what what is our protocol for that? I'm not sure. That's a, that's a great yeah. question. But, but we have talked about, about it. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about what you guys are going to do. So baseball still on, I guess, um, Wednesday. And so this podcast is coming out on a Wednesday morning is when what players report to their. Yeah. And, and Julie, that's going to be an interesting time period. Everybody reports around baseball July 1st, which is which is, you know, Wednesday. And we're taping on Tuesday night. And the first they won't go on the field until as I understand it, Friday or even Saturday, those first 48 hours are your physicals, but more importantly, it's all that testing. So Mm -hmm. I I hope that, you know, some people are going to test positive. We know that we've seen it in the NBA lately. Um, They're going to have positive tests. It's not as if any of these sports leagues uh, were naive to think, oh yeah, we're, we're putting in all these, measures and protocols and safety measurements or measures, I should say, and it's going to prevent anybody from testing positive, especially we don't know where everybody's been. They've been away for three plus months. So how many positive tests we are reading about in the next 48 hours, keep your fingers crossed that it's not an overwhelming number. So Let's talk a little bit of brass tacks about, and we do have a, a really good interview with Jeff Breidich, um, really informational about where we are today and moving forward, um, what the specifics are. And he's, he feels, I guess, as confident as he could that this is you know, going to happen, and, but everybody's going to have to be you know, uh, very aware of what they're doing. So tell me, but there's, there's like a big taxi squad, right? Like there's a, there's a lot more players to choose from this season. Yeah. Um, you could have up to 60. The Rockies wow. initially have 52, which means they have the luxury of adding eight or up to eight at some point in time. I mean, maybe it's later this week, maybe it's a week from now. Um, and the initial, roster for two weeks will have 30 active players normally in the past it's been 25 baseball had expanded prior to the covid uh to 26 so there'll be 30 and there'll be a three-man taxi squad that are not on the active roster this sounds like football now doesn't it 
that mm-hmm. will travel with the team and, you know, God forbid, all of a sudden, you know, six people test positive. Now you have three extra bodies in addition to the 30. In two weeks, it'll go down to 28 and the three extras. And then two weeks after that, it goes to 26 and the three extras. And all those other players will continue to play for the Rockies. They'll they'll play inter-squad games and work out down in Albuquerque. And, um, and, and every team will kind of have that same type of um, modus operandi. Oh, my God. This is such a going to be such a crazy season. Well, one player that will not be on the roster is Ian Desmond, who, who opted out. I think on, he announced that on social media. Very eloquent. His message to um, fans and for people that want to know why he's not going to be playing this year. I uh, applaud Ian. Um, you know, I've gotten to know him a little bit really prior to when he was a Rocky, when he was a Washington national, when we would go play them, I, I, I had a number of conversations around the batting cage. Um, he, I, I think even though he's been a lightning rod, to be honest, Julie, for a lot of people who want to be critical because he signed a $70 million deal and he's put up okay numbers. He's never put up, you know, huge numbers. I mean, he hit 20 homers last year, the year before I think he hit 22 and drove in 88 and stole 20 bases. But it's never been to the level that everybody thought he should play at. If you look at his career, it's pretty commensurate with what he had done in the past. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a good player, really solid, versatile, great leader, all the things we've discussed in the past. But one thing about him, he is a convicted individual, which I applaud. I mean, he uh, I, I sent out a tweet the other day, Julie. He walks the walk. He talks the talk. It's not it's not just verbiage. He is a you know a great husband by all accounts. He's an unbelievable dad, and he just felt at this point in time, coupled with everything else that's going on in the world, not just the virus, but um, some of the things that that we have all been focused on, hopefully over the last month, um, reflecting on uh, race relations and how. Uh, people of color um, are treated at times in our country and have been treated and the inequities. And he just felt, and I, I agree with you, what he wrote on his Instagram was eloquently put. And he said, it was, I just couldn't stand by anymore. So for a variety of reasons, he felt, I think the last thing he, he put, Julie, was, you know, I, I need to be home right now. And so correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. his wife is pregnant. He's got four children, right? He had, he had three boys and he really, they really wanted a little girl. And, and so she had a fourth, um, about a was year and a half ago. So he has a baby and now, and now they have another, uh, little girl on the way. Okay. So if you look at that and he did say he, it's a time where, you know, his wife is pregnant. I, I think, I think when it comes to that, you just don't take any chances, no matter what anybody says. Um, and he also said, as you mentioned, that it's just he wants to be home and be a dad and talk to his kids about there's a lot of questions out there, um, not only with the coronavirus, but what's going on in the country um, with the talks about, you know, racial inequality. It's a really it's it's a it's a historic time right now. And he feels like he wants he wants to be home. And, and, and you know what? I'm on my at least on my Twitter account, I mm-hmm. I was concerned that you know there'd be the cheap shots taken at him because that's how social media works and mm-hmm. at least what i saw 99 percent of them were super not only positive but supportive and that yeah and that's yeah. how it should be if we're gonna if we're not gonna be full of shit in life and say family comes first and whatever here's here's yeah. a man who's saying yep my family comes first and others will go yeah he plays a game for a living and he's made millions of dollars. Okay. He has the luxury now to say, I can call a timeout for a period of time and financially I'm fine and I'm going to do that. But he's not, because he's not directly. So here's my question. I couldn't figure it out. Does he get paid and does he get years of service for the season? Or is that really if you, if you come down with the coronavirus? I, as I understand it, Julie, you can opt out if somebody in your immediate family or yourself is at higher risk. And then you okay. would get paid based on the yeah. prorated salary and you would also get your service time. 
if you opted out, which is perfectly fine because you were, you know, just concerned, there wasn't necessarily an immediate uh, or close threat, um, you would not get paid. Um, and I don't believe you would get service time. Um, I, gotcha. I haven't read as to how his falls with his wife being pregnant. I'm not sure how that one works. There are several other prominent players in baseball uh, who have wives who are pregnant. Garrett Cole uh, being one of them. He of the recent and enormous deal signed with the with the Yankees. I believe Mike Trout is another. Speaking of large names in sports, um, but um, as of at least when you and I are conversing on a Tuesday night. There, there are four players at the major league level who have opted out. Ryan Zimmerman and Joe Ross, two members of the world champion uh, Washington Nationals, and Zimmerman, who's like the all-time leader in home runs, RBIs, every uh, offensive statistical category with the Nationals. His wife is pregnant, and he is he has opted out also. Gotcha. Okay, so we're going to hear from Jeff Breidich in a little bit, but there was a conference call that I know that you were on with Jeff Breidich and Buddy Black. What are a couple of the things that you learned from that call as it implies as we're about to play ball? Well, you're going to hear in the conversation I had with, with Jeff that more more than ever, everything is day-to-day, man. It's hard to plan. It's hard to you're, – you're super competitive – Yet you realize, yes, every game is worth 2.7 games based on what normally a game would be worth. And you also don't know if all of a sudden you're playing without three guys um, because they woke up or they came to the ballpark and they tested positive, And now you have to make huge changes on the fly. So they're excited. They're cautiously optimistic. And they realize mm-hmm. that. Uh, it, it really falls under one of Buddy's favorite lines, Julie. You've heard him say this uh, in dugouts so many times. Rule number one is be prepared for anything. He says that during normal uh, circumstances. This is anything but normal. So you walked away feeling what you went after you talked to Buddy and after you heard from Jeff, you walked away feeling fill in the blank. I, I hope they, they, they can pull this off. I mean, I don't just mean the Rockies. I hope Major League Baseball can. I, I certainly like every person in the world we want to get past you know this pandemic and and be able to cure the folks that have become sick and have a vaccine for people that you know for everybody else and we need sports back because sports has always been a healer it it signals that things are more normal if you will even if there aren't many folks in the stands i know the rockies endeavor they they have their their fingers crossed that later on in the season they could have as many as nine thousand people uh, at a game. I hope that happens, hope. man, and I hope it's super exciting. Um, and, and when we just talk about baseball, and I know when I get in the booth with with Jeff and and Spilly and and uh, you know the rest of our our television family, you know it'll be exciting to bring ball games and and. Anything can happen over sixty games. The Rockies got off to a miserable start last year. Remember, they were were they three and nine or three and twelve? Yeah. They were three and twelve. And yeah. after sixty eight games, they were actually six games over. Now, if they can get off to a good start and stay warm, who knows? This could be you know a magical ride. Will there be an asterisk next to it? I guess for some, everybody will know that two thousand and twenty was that year. But they're still going to go compete, and and, um, and that's the exciting part. So, yes, we are going to play baseball. Coming up right after the break, we will talk to – or you talked to a great conversation with Jeff Bright. It's just in – you know what I thought was so interesting about the interview, Drew, and we'll talk about it after the interview. But finally, we're talking specifics of this upcoming season. And Jeff Breidich talks about that. So we'll hear from him, the GM of the Rockies, right after this, right after we tell you about Boyer's Coffee. If you have listened to this podcast for 50 episodes on the 51, you know that Boyer's Coffee is one of our very, very proud sponsors. We're so proud to have them. And you know, on March 31st, that the Boyer's Coffee burned down in a fire. And since then, they have come back so strong. They are back in stores. They're back in the King Supers, back in Safeway, back in Walmart, which is a really big um, account for them. And they're bigger and they're going to be better than ever. They're working with actually competitors that help them overnight roast their beans. And you can go to boyerscoffee.com and, and get the whole story. And if you can't get to the store, if you're not comfortable going out to the store, 
order Boyer's online, they not only have the regular roasts, they also have really, really wonderful flavored coffee, which is what I like every morning. I put a flavored coffee of Boyer's in my Keurig and that's what I have every morning. Actually, I have like three or four. And Julie, I just, the boys, my, my three boys just got me a brand new Keurig for Father's Day. So I'm wow. so I'm really in business now with all my Boyer's products. I'm good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So we just want you to get out and support a Colorado company, a company that has r- had rough times like a lot of us during this time, but is rising up above it. And, and we just want to want to get that message out there that they're back out in bed. Absolutely. And our good friends at Ideal Home Loans continue to kick butt and save you tons of money. Interest rates are at historic lows. So give them a call. 303-867-7000. 303-867-7000. It's Ideal Home Loans. They can help you consolidate debt, refinance, or if you're in the market for a new home, now is the time. You're going to save hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of dollars They're going to walk you through the process. They're going to take you by the hand. They're going to do everything to help you in what is always, you know, it's a, it's a big deal when you, when you're buying a home or even when you're consolidating debt or refinancing, they make it really easy. They've done it for almost 20 years now. They're locally owned by Brent Ivinson and they, uh, they kick butt. That's the bottom line. 303-867-7000, 303-867-7000. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and they bring us our interview every week. And uh, this week, uh, we continue our theme of general managers. Last week, we talked to former GM Dan O'Dowd, and this week, we talked to current Rockies general manager Jeff Breidich. Well, Jeff, there's no other way to uh, begin any interview these days without asking, first and foremost, how are you doing? How's your family doing? Uh, number one. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for asking. We're 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 well. Um, we've been fortunate to this point, and uh, we've you know it's been many many months now um, since this kind of you know the whole situation came came to America. So we've over time have known folks and and uh, and and certainly um, have neighbors and, and others that. Uh, have had you know the uh, the virus and have um, have survived and and are thriving still. So um, you know overall we're we're good and just trying to make the most of the summer, like I think most uh, like most families are, and and um, you know and just kind of take it day to day. You know, we use uh, a term in business and, and certainly in sports quite a bit. Hey, it's a fluid situation to describe any number of things. I think this redefines, especially in what you do, a fluid situation day to day. Am I am I accurate in that? Yeah, I, I would I would say so. I think we're I'm rethinking every time I've I've ever used that you know term and their phrasing in the past uh, because I would say now um, you know we we had a we had a uh, buddy and I had a Zoom you know call earlier with the media and I, I think I said early on in the in the call that they're gonna get probably sick and tired of us saying that it's it's a day to day proposition or a day to day situation and and that's really what this is. Um and, and it's really what it probably should be. You know, to at some some point would you like to be able to, you know, plan further in advance than that? Yeah. But um right now I don't I don't think the the industry is ready for us to do that, and, and I don't think the virus is is going to allow us to do that right now with what's going on um, nationally. So I think we just accept it, and, and the more you accept it, the easier it is to uh, to deal with it. You know, Jeff, given what you know about the uh, whatever the document, 107 page uh, or however many pages, it's it's obviously very thorough in terms of uh, how Major League Baseball wants to handle. Um, the health protocols, if you will, are, are you, given what you just said, are you still reasonably confident that you'll be able to complete this 60 game season in a postseason? I think that there is a, uh, a level of confidence right now. Yes. Um, I, candidly, I think we need to get through this week uh, with, with the amount of intake testing that's going on across the industry and across the nation this week. Just in baseball, uh, I think you know the the results of this week will tell us a lot. And so, um, 
you know, that being said, I think everybody involved is is planning for a, a full spring training that leads to a full season that leads to the postseason. And uh, if if we're you know told otherwise, and if if the virus forces us to think otherwise or act otherwise, then then so be it. Uh, but but I hope there's I think I think internally in the organization I think there's probably differing levels of of optimism, but I think it's it's optimism. Given uh, what people who are familiar with with spring training, what they would normally see, how different or maybe not different will the three week part two of spring training be? Uh, and I understand because I, I was on that call earlier where you explained that you're going to use Metro State as well. But if you could take a, a a hardcore fan through, you know what it will look like baseball wise. Sure. So, buddy, you know took. I think fielded the question earlier today. I, I, I agree with him in that the first week of getting back um, in cleats and getting back on the field is, is going to be important uh, in terms of having guys' bodies respond, kind of just get back to normal everyday exertion. Um, I think one of the, the benefits is, is that we're doing this at altitude, so guys, you know, in, in theory should um, – should be able to adjust uh, to the altitude because most of our guys don't live here. So having this three weeks um, is hopefully a good thing in that way in, in, in terms of the acclimation process. Uh, and, you know, in week one, we may, you know, we might go over to Metro State three, four, five times in a week and, and bring a certain grouping of, of players over there to do very specific things. I don't, I don't think we we would want to spend all day over there. That's not the intention. But uh, really, the intention is to have more than one field going uh, during the day. And and uh, the folks at Metro State, uh, Jared Otis, uh, who is the associate AD over there, and uh, used to be a baseball coach. He's been great to work with. Uh, he is. You know, they've been uh, open doors with us and, and very open in terms of the usage of their turf field over there. And, and hopefully it. It helps us get get a lot of work done in a in a short amount of time because those three weeks are going to go by really quickly. Jeff, are you are you pleased with in talking to guys and, and some of the guys that maybe you've been able to to put uh, eyeballs on how well collectively guys have kind of taken care of themselves and, and been able to you know do some sort of baseball activities uh, wherever their their homes have been. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and, I, and I've, we've had so much outreach uh, and, and communication and interaction um, on, you know, via phone, via text, via Zoom, um, and, and so yeah, FaceTime, you know, sending video uh, back and forth, coaches, players, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there, there may have even been overkill on that early on in, you know, in April. Um, so. I feel like we've got a good sense of that. Each player's situation has been a little bit different. Each staff member's situation a little bit different in terms of where they've been in the country and the access that they've had to, um, you know, to the normal types of facilities or uh, field or whatever else that, um, you know, that these guys need. But for the most part, it really seems like uh, there's been a lot of good work uh, and people have stayed in shape. And um, you know, they stayed present, which is which is really the, the one of the biggest concerns for us coming out of camp in, in March is how how present can these guys stay uh, with and sticking with this and sticking with routine and and being vigilant with it and then not knowing when we may uh, start up again. And it's uh, I think our, our guys have done a nice job. Did any of your Latin guys actually leave the country? And if they did, I'm sure there had to be some. Um, any issues getting those folks back uh, in time to, to get rolling later in the week? Yeah, we had three players uh, go back to the Dominican in in Rymel Tapia and Alexander Guillen and, um, and Santos. And so... Uh, those three guys will uh, they're they're due to come into back into the states on Wednesday this coming Wednesday and uh, as are a lot of actually the league uh, worked hard to set up some some flights some charter flights that could host uh, as many baseball players and staff members as possible 
to get back into the states from us uh, from Santa Dominga. So, um, and I, I think that those sorts of charter flights are going on in some of the other Latin American countries as well. So, uh, we we should have those guys. They might be a couple of days, um, you know, late based on the rest of the guys, um, or maybe it's just hopefully one day, um, kind of late based on everybody else. But overall, that's that's fine. I mean, they'll catch up quickly. You know, Jeff, when you compete over 162 games and, and a lot of your work, I mean, it, it's year-round, it's 24-7 in, in, in what you do, I'm sure. Uh, but with roster construction, it's based on a 162-game season. Um, how exciting in a, in a strange way is it for you to say, okay, we're playing a 60-game sprint now as opposed to the marathon. Um, have you gotten your arms around that with your staff? I think everybody, I mean, that's certainly how everybody's talking. And, and it's, it's the same terminology that's used by almost everybody, that 60 game sprint. And, uh, and so I don't, I, I think everybody's on the same page. Um, I'm not sure that, you know, we're ready to say that there's a, a you know, one specific strategy that's going to be utilized, uh, to, to try to maximize. First, we have to see, you know, the shape that our players are in and, and, and the shape that they're in when we're ready to make the final decisions on on the 30-man roster, uh, because we really have no idea what that's going to look like three weeks from now. So um, it, it'll it, it'll be interesting. I mean, it, it should be fun. We've had great you know 60-game stretches in the history of the organization, um, and it'll be different certainly because uh, we won't be having the same sort of travel that we usually do. Uh, you know, all of our travel will be local. West West Coast wise anyway and and um and yeah I think there's gonna be some you know some differences that uh, with the schedule than what we're typically used to but uh everybody's kind of in the same boat and we're we'll make adjustments and um and there's you know it, it hopefully it's fun and hopefully everybody's healthy and and we're able to take advantage of of this unique you know situation that we're in this year. Does it potentially expedite the process of some of your young uh, top prospects? And, you know, I'll throw a name out there. It's an obvious one. You know, Ryan Rollison is a, a former number one. He's progressed nicely uh, to this point. And, and maybe in a normal situation, um, you know, I certainly can't speak for you. You know, it, it, it's a September call up this year, or maybe he's a 2021 type of look. I know he was in big league camp for a little bit this year, but given the circumstance, um, are you uh, reticent to maybe push the envelope with some of these younger guys uh, and, and expedite the process? Well, I, I think that's a that's that's really a player to player evaluation or player by player evaluation this year. No different than it is most years or any year. Um, I think we still need to make sure that we're putting players in um, in situations to succeed. And that they're ready for the challenge. Um, I, I think that um, one of the things that we're going to miss out on most this year is the, the development opportunity of all of the games that we're not playing right now, right? At, at the minor league level, uh, in particular, when you have six or seven games a day going on, that's a lot of players playing and, and, and hopefully developing and getting better and learning. And that's, you know, that's missing entirely right now. And so, uh, it was important for us to, you know, to, to have, um, a youthful representation in our spring training 2.0 here, uh, that, that hopefully starts up in a couple of days. But I, I don't think it, it's not like we're looking at this situation as we're going to change or massively change the way that we think about, uh, challenging our, our, our young prospects. Um, if hopefully we can find a way in the fall, late summer or fall, to get a lot of these guys back on the field somehow and um, and get them back in a development situation as soon as possible. You know, as tough a year as last year was, uh, the previous two years, as Rockies fans know, were, were good years and that you went to the postseason. Uh, one of the things that I took away from – being at the original spring training, which seems like 347 years ago, <laughs> but was that there was a, and I get it, it's spring training and everybody has the optimism. It's one of the wonderful things about 
that time of year. But there really seemed to be a collective. Last year was kind of BS. It, it didn't go our way. We're you know a boatload better than that, and we're about to go prove it. Um, does does there is there carryover? Do you think when when things get rolling this week? I think so. I think it was real, and I say that because I think it was real. I think I think our guys look at last year and, and say it was a bad year, um, and you know they I don't I don't think anybody you know looks back at you know, seventeen and, and and eighteen and says uh, those were good years, but you know those those were good years. We had we 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 made the playoffs like you said. Uh, we played well as, as a group. We had a lot of things go well from a group perspective and individual perspective that got us to that point. So um, you know, it's last year was a, was a tough year. End of story. And, you know, you learn from it and, and, and guys, I think each create an, an individual um, piece of motivation from a down year like that. And I know that that certainly is going on with a number of our guys where if they didn't play to um, where they thought they should have played back in 2019, they're, you know, they're hell-bent for uh, redemption. And so I, I think I think it's real, and I think it's positive, and, and I think our pitchers are up to the task. I think we have a very talented group of pitchers. Uh, some of the guys struggled last year. That doesn't mean they're not good or they're not talented. Uh, it's just it was, a, it was a tough year. And really it was a tough second half, right? I, I mean, there was a point where we were five or six games over, and then we kind of got to the – we got to the mid part of the season and, and it all kind of spiraled. So it was a bad, yeah, it was a bad couple months, bad three months last year that, that did us in. Um, that doesn't, you know, that, that doesn't fully define this group uh, in any way, shape or form. And I think they understand that fully. Well, I'm not saying this to you. I guess I'm saying it to everybody listening, but uh, after 68 games last year, the Rockies were 36 and 32. I know that's eight more than, then you're going to play in the regular season this year. But uh, that very likely, you know, could be a, a playoff spot if right. you just replicate what you did the first uh, couple of months of last year. Right. Yeah, and that's after getting off to a, a really tough start. Um, and all of a sudden, two weeks, two and a half weeks into that season in April, if you remember, yeah. we are broke. Yeah, I mean, we're broken beyond um, belief. Uh, I mean, Murph goes down. And then all of a sudden, you know, David goes down and Ryan goes, I mean, all of a sudden it was, um, you know, it was just a very different team. And so they, they rebounded nicely. Um, and so I, I think guys understand that. And I think everybody is going to come in, you know, positive and raring to go and wanting to play. Um, and, <laughs> you know, like I said before, these three weeks, if we can get through these three weeks of spring training, it's going to go like the snap of a blink of an eye, snap of a finger. I mean, by uh, it's so quickly. So it's not like, you know, guys are going to have to kind of drudge through two months of spring training. I mean, this is going to go really, really quickly here. How much can the DH help the Rockies? Well, um, I think with, with our situation, uh, with altitude and, um, and the toll that that can take over the long season, I think that uh, in a full season, a, a DH certainly can can help us. It can help keep people healthy, uh, fresh. It can give as a, a physical break uh, and even a mental break, right? If you you know guys are, are going to have to get used to it because most of our guys have never done it before. Um, and if we do have some sort of a rotation to try to keep keep guys fresh, and they're going to have to kind of uh, you know get used to it a little bit and, and figure it out. But even when, uh, you know, the, it's a, if you simplify the day, right, and that's all you're doing is hitting today, uh, it, it can be a, you know, it can be a little bit of a breath for guys. Um, it, it, in, the, in the future, it'll, I think, simple, potentially simplify the, the roster decisions that we have to make, maybe in the wintertime and, and in spring training leading up to the, the regular season, uh, where when you, when you have, you know, you have to account for altitude and try to get as many pitchers on the team as possible and double switches and all of the things that go into the National League, to the, you know, the traditional National League strategy uh, of the National League game, uh, that can affect how you try to put together your roster. And 
it, the DH just simplifies a lot of that. Um, and, um, you know, we, in the, in the, in the future, uh, maybe there are certain players at certain parts of their career or uh, that aren't quite as fleet of foot anymore or nimble or whatever that we might be able to consider in the future as, as part of our offensive unit. Right? We've got uh, a lot of ground to cover in Coors Field, as you know, and so we need, um, we need the best defensive athletes uh, out there that we can possibly get and that we can possibly uh Develop or sign or whatever, and so um, you know that, that with the DH, that uh, if you're going to commit to one person as a DH, you know, there might be a different set or subset of guys that that we can actually take a look at. Um, all of that might be true in the future, and and who knows? I mean, it might we, we just might commit to at some point. Um, we're going to have a rotation, and it's just a way of keeping our guys fresh uh, every week and. And you rotate through, and and you get them off their their feet a little bit, and uh, it helps everybody over over the course of 162 plus. I alluded to spring training being 347 years ago, so I'm going to ask you to to look back in your memory bank again, and, and of what you were observing, Jeff, in you know late February in the first couple of weeks of March, um, were there were there some guys that that really got you excited either? you know, real young guys or maybe guys who we've seen in the big leagues, but you feel like uh, mechanically, technically, mentally, emotionally, they took a significant stride and you were you were looking forward to seeing it borne out on the field during the regular season. Well, um, you know, anytime you, you name specific guys, you, you, you're scared a little bit of leaving people out. But sure. um, I, I, you know, in terms of certain guys that you could tell put in the work or were in a really good place. I would say that Kyle Freeland was one of them. Um, he, he looked like he was in a, and I still, I think he still is based on what we've seen over the last month, you know, as he's, he's come back here from Phoenix uh, into town. And I, I just, I think he's a, he's a man on a mission and uh, he, he's really put himself through a lot of work in a good place. Um, I think that Ryan McMahon, uh, I think there's a sense of belief in him uh, in, in terms of what went on last year, and uh, a sense of establishment in a certain to a certain degree at the major league level. And I think the sky's the limit for him talent-wise. Um, I think we were really happy to see somebody like Brendan Rodgers and where he was at in just his recovery from shoulder surgery. So physically, um, the fact that he works you know, as hard as he did to put himself in a great spot, and that continues, which is great. I think Sanzatella, Antonio, um, uh, we had we had conversations about his uh, body composition and his weight and athleticism that he needed to have to become a bona fide you know member of the starting rotation, and he he took that to heart in the in the off season and worked his tail off. And that continues, you know, he's he's in town, that continues to this day. Uh, he's worked very hard, and, and I think he looks uh, athletically as good as he's been since probably 18 or 19 years old, um, which is which is great. Um, you know, I think Hampson, I think, I think he'll have a, a great chance to, uh, you know, to further solidify his spot on the team as well, and maybe in, in a bunch of different roles. Uh, on the club as a as a super util, but who knows what that ends up being. But uh, you know, I think that you know, some of those guys that were that have had the taste of major leagues and success and failure and success after failure. Uh, you know, I think mentally, you know, when, when those guys start to believe in who they are at the major league level, uh, that's when you really start to see good things happen. Yeah, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a couple of guys that that you mentioned. It was pretty clear because I, I got to see a couple of Kyle's. You know their brief starts at that time of year, two inning type of things. But um, if there's a guy you bet on, you bet on Kyle Freeland and Ryan, and Ryan McMahon. Really, um, in terms of you know getting the barrel of the baseball, shortened his swing. And you know, listen, he still hit 24 home runs last year, so it wasn't wasn't like it was uh, he he was some sort of disaster. He's he's an exciting guy, and you you and I, for what it's worth, you know, my opinion's not worth anything. But we've talked a lot about. Garrett Hampson, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, for good reason. And yeah, um, yeah. I think I think they, those guys have learned 
some good lessons, right? And and that's that's what the if you're paying attention, the, the big leagues can teach you all sorts of good lessons. And these guys are are have have done a nice job taking those lessons to heart and and you know getting better bit by bit from those lessons. One of the wild cards, Jeff, obviously is you know it, it, it's the elephant in the room, and that's the virus. Um, how many reminders, for lack of a better way of phrasing it? Will you and Buddy and, and your group have with the guys to say, "Hey, you know, you got to be, you, you got to be unselfish here." You, you know, even if you want to go out, you know, they're, they're most of these guys are in their twenties and they've been cooped up. Um, will there be constant reminders, or do you feel like collectively with the Desmonds and the Murphys and the, some of the good veteran guys that you have, they'll be able to? You know, run run the ship properly, so so nobody jeopardizes what you have going. Uh, I think there's going to be a combination of what you just you know outlined. I think that uh, as human beings uh, in a in an industry and in a sport where routine is valued, and uh, I, I think it's going to be easy for us to fall into the same kind of routines that we're used to and accustomed to, and so I think that reminders for everybody, not just the players, not just, I mean, everybody involved in the entire process, we're all going to have to remind each other. And we're just, there are certain elements of, hopefully it's just this season, but there's certain elements of it that are just part of the new normal. And we, if we, if we do some of those things poorly, we're probably going to pay for it. Um, and, um, and it's really on everybody involved to, to honor that and be vigilant to that. Um, I, I do think that, you know, whether that is daily or weekly, Drew, I don't know. Um, I, I think probably the most important thing is for the players, uh, and, I, and I've kind of come to understand over the last few days that, that our guys definitely intend on this, but, um, you know, just being able to come together as we, as we meet here again as a, as a large group uh, and, and really look each other in the eye and say this is you know like let's take care of each other right this is on us and and uh the staff members are going to be involved in that too especially the guys that are around each other in the clubhouse uh and on the team plane and and everywhere all the time um it's it's really the you know there there has to be mask wearing there has to be following of the other protocols and all of it is is fine. You know, the, the we have to remove any sort of stigma attached to any of it because that's all we can do is is do our very best as a group uh, for each other. You know, and for the, the everybody else's families and for our families um, because uh, you know it's our responsibility to each other. So if we're serious about, about making the most of the season and we're serious about getting through the season and into the playoffs and finishing the playoffs, I think it's, it's going to be a, a daily and, and probably a weekly task um, at the very least of, of just reminding each other what, what we need to do in order to keep things moving along. Yeah. Jeff, last one. If, uh, as this whole thing is played out, and and I'm sure even from where you sit, and, and you're privy to a lot of things nobody else is, you know, it was a frustrating. Let's be honest, it was a frustrating process um, for people in in baseball or or just fans of baseball to see how the thing played out the last five or six weeks. But are are you allowing yourself now to get excited um, with fingers crossed, knowing that you know, barring barring something you know, unforeseen, you're going to play baseball in a few weeks and it's going to count and it's going to be back to that, that daily grind, albeit a much shorter one. Yeah, I think, you know, everybody that, um, that is, is in the organization is, yeah, it's so competitive and anybody that's around, um, the, the team, the major league side, the, the player development, you know, just everybody, they'd love to compete. And so I think, People are slowly letting themselves believe again. Like, okay, I can turn really turn on my competitive juices again. Um, they've, you know, we've had to kind of, you know, not not totally dormant, but have them kind of be pushed to the back a little bit here as as the weeks and the months have gone on. Um, I think so that that we don't drive ourselves crazy uh, every single day. But now that it's hopefully starting to get real again, I think. 
I think we'll see competitive juices falling again, which is which is really one of the great things about the industry, and it's one of the great things about why people play the game or, you know, coach or manage or administrate. You know, I mean, people want to win, and they want to compete well, and they want that competition to lead to winning. Um, and I think that's the exciting part. You know, I, I, I really, truly, like everybody, hope that uh, the virus and, and everybody involved um, allows us to to move forward um, over the next few months, but um, yeah, we'll see. It'll it'll be it'll certainly be exciting if if we're able to do it because, like you said, it's going to be a a true sixty game sprint to the finish. Yeah. Well, um, obviously, I can't wait to uh, to get going. Normally, I'd say, hey, I'll see you, you know, in a couple of days. I don't know when I'll literally see you. But I'll, I'll uh, at some point I'll be in the same building as you. How about that? <laughs> well, there's always Zoom. We know that yeah. now. If there's nothing yeah. else, we know we can well, always Zoom. Well, you know what? Fun, funny thing, we just had a uh, Zoom production uh, call uh, before I uh, you know gave you a call. And I, technically, I'm a moron. In a lot of ways, I'm a moron. And technically, especially, I'm a moron. So I, I was like on a different speaker. Uh, I couldn't even be seen which is probably better for all of them anyhow <laughs> well i guess there's always there's always lessons to learn right yeah it, well what i have to do is get my kids involved so they can help me out on that uh on or, that. or you can ask for help yeah or ask for help there you go hey jeff i appreciate it man uh good luck with with spring training i guess they're calling it 2.0 and uh and obviously best of luck with the season as we get this thing uh rolling okay thanks much drew thanks for having me Ideal Home Loans, of course, every single week brings you our interview of the week. And that was with Rockies GM, Jeff Reddish. I really enjoyed that interview. Like I said before, is um, we could really, there was a lot of meat in there. There was things we could kind of concentrate on as we move forward. I loved what he had to say about Kyle Freeland. And I know that you had, had said this before about what spring training seems like 364 days ago, <laughs> which you are right. And you got a chuckle out of him on that. Um what he had to say that that Kyle is really driven after last season, and we, it's just nice. I don't think Jeff Breidich throws um, compliments around left and right. I just don't that get, get that impression from him. And he, no, that you know, no, that's that's not his, um, you know, that, that's not his thing. I mean, he's direct. I mean, Jeff Jeff is going to, you know, tell you what he thinks as far he's going to keep things close to the vest. So it's not like he's going to offer up opinions for public consumption, but with a question like that, and he didn't want to leave anybody out. I know Jeff's really excited. He was excited in spring training about this group. And, you know, as importantly, this group was excited about erasing the memory of 2019 because they believe they're a postseason team as they were in 2017 to 2018. And most of those guys are are still here. They they provide the nucleus for the Rockies. And I think they're going to have that same enthusiasm when they get together this week. And they're like, okay, man, let's get after it for 60 games. And I'm not surprised that Kyle Freeland is the guy that was kind of heading his list of mentions along with Ryan McMahon. You and I discussed and had Ryan on, and we talked a lot about how impressive he looked in, in some of the slight mechanical adjustments to get his bat to the, you know, his barrel to the, to the baseball even quicker this year. Um, and, and Kyle Freeland way back in early March looked, looked really good. So um, those two guys have great work ethics. It's not like they were sitting on the couch eating bonbons, Julie. So uh, we know that they're probably going to pick up right where they left off. You guys also talked about, it's just going to be really important for, People, the players, staff, just do the right thing. There's going to be a lot of protocol to follow that protocol. And you and I were talking earlier today about, hey, the the team that wins this all or gets deep in the playoffs, maybe the team that just followed the protocol the best. It's just going to be that. And I think Jeff Breidich is buying into all of that, right? It's not just talk about how they're going to have to act. It's that this is really, you really, they really have to follow all these protocols, I, I think absolutely that's going to play a factor and and guys not being selfish and and maybe even bit players not saying you know it could be Julie think about it it could be you know the a couple of guys who are down in Albuquerque and and they figure well it's not real likely I'm going to get called up then a few guys get sick there's a couple of guys who pull a hamstring next thing you know they're in the big leagues but they had been out 
you know, maybe not adhering to some of the guidelines and if, if they're positive or they tested positive, again, there, there's that. I, I would hope that doesn't occur. And let's be honest, there is going to be just some sheer good luck that has to uh, occur, um, you know, for any team. But I don't know if that's altogether different than what we talk about in normal spring trainings, that, that you have to have good health. And yes, we know in sports there are going to be injuries, but they, they can't be long-term injuries to really key players. That's hard to overcome in 162 games. It's sure as heck. Think about it, Julie. If somebody – forget COVID for a moment. If somebody pulls their hamstring in week one of 60 games and they're out a month, they've missed more than half the season. I know. I know. I, and I heard people talking today about just in the sports world about what we talked about um, last week about there's going to be no riding out slumps this year, right? And it's I guess going to be interesting to see how Buddy Black manages that. Before we go, it hey, is- it, we're, really real, real quick. Before I know where you're going, real quick. I want to because you made an interesting point there. Is normally even for the great great players, the the Nolan Arenados of the world, the the Trevor Stories with the Rockies. You're going to give them a few days off over the course of the season because it's such a grind. You want them fresh. Etc. Buddy's not going to have the luxury to go. Hey, we're going to give Nolan a day off. You want Nolan and Trevor and you know Blackman and they, you want them playing all sixty. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, these guys are chomping at the bit. I heard Nolan Arenado. It's a couple quotes from him that he's ready to go. So today is Buddy Black's sixty third birthday. I would like to give Buddy, if I could give him anything, I would give him a playoff berth this season. I don't. Just get back in the playoffs. What would you get, Buddy, for his birthday? Well, that's hard to trump that. Um, in addition to the obvious, good health, right? Uh, I, mm-hmm. I would love to see Buddy in the Rockies in the postseason, and that would make it three out of four years, and it would make for a different Rocktober, uh, but it still would be fun. And uh, I know we're excited to you know to be able to bring those games to everybody on – on AT and T in terms of the regular season, but yeah, that would that would, I think that's what Buddy would like for his sixty third birthday. How about that? Absolutely. So Drew, um, have a wonderful week. When we talk next week, Rockies will be at Coors Field and also at Metro. By the way, if you haven't heard, I know you have, but if people listening haven't heard, they're going to be working out at Metro. We will have actual workouts to talk about. Oh my God! I know. That's right. Was that was that a G A W D? You sound like you had a little New York in you. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, you everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll have more news and stuff to talk about baseball and other topics next week when you join us. Mm-hmm.